Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. Shh, Marco, <laughs> can I tell you a secret? Are you allowed to? Do you sign an NDA? <laughs> I'm working on a new app. You? Me! I'm shocked. So today we're going to be talking about uh, secrecy around new apps, um, which is kind of a silly topic in some ways. It's like, like, like you, even your, your immediate reaction when I ask if I could tell you a secret. It's like, do we need to sign an NDA? Like, I feel like it's a topic that a lot of us take, can sometimes get a bit too in our own heads about and kind of overblow the importance of what we're working on and the importance of secrecy. But it's definitely something that we think about. Like, I'm probably, ho- well, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, going to be launching a new app in about, in like about two weeks. And as far as I know, the number of people who aren't like myself and my wife uh, who know what I'm working on is maybe a handful of people at this point. And most of those I've only told, you know, fairly recently. Um, So it is something that I am generally fairly secretive of. And in some ways, I think that's good. And in some ways, that's bad. And I think it just seemed like a good topic for us to kind of unpack because it's easy to feel like, hey, you don't want to share what you're working on because um, you there's like the trade secrets kind of thing. Like you don't want to let other people know if you have this great idea. If you tell the world your idea, there's always that fear that someone else will come along and copy it before you do. Like afterwards, people will inevitably copy you if it's a good idea. But you hope, you know, the the fear of somebody copying you ahead of time. Like I remember there was, I think it was Clear, the to-do list manager, who did like a preview video of their app. And it was kind of as part of their publicity push. And they published that video and... Before the app was released, which was, I think, like, the app was, you know, scheduled to be released, like, a week later, someone had already cloned the app from the video and <laughs> submitted it to the App Store under a similar name. Yeah. Um, which was remarkable. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> but it's something that you want to be thoughtful of, right? Like, in terms of, it's a reason, it's like a story like that is like a cautionary table, tale of, like, maybe being secretive is a good thing. Um, but on the other side, like, you also are trying to build buzz and get attention and are trying to not, you know, you, you want, you want, you want to just like show up and be like, Hey, here's this awesome thing, but there's no one there listening. And so you have to find this weird balance between pre-announcing and post-announcing and how much to do. And, um, as I've been thinking about this this week, one thing that came to mind too, is I thought it'd be interesting if you could unpack your experience with overcast because you pre-announced what you were working on quite a while before it actually went out into the world. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was I, I pre-announced it uh, during a, a, a conference talk that I gave at XOXO about eight or nine months before it was actually released. And I, I didn't intend for it to be that long. It was it took a lot longer than I thought to go from from beta to 1.0, uh, but which is one of the reasons why you generally shouldn't pre-announce any kind of dates or anything, which I, I hadn't done. But I at least pre-announced the product and, and that it was a podcast app. But I, I didn't pre-announce any any particular features. And I didn't show any screenshots. All I said was that it was a podcast app and it was called Overcast. And that was it. Uh, and so and so, I think it's generally... The way, I, the way I tend to do things is keeping things pretty close to the vest about the specifics. Things that it would be bad if someone copied. So things like you know, screenshots of how things look. Um, you know, things like specific features that are maybe brand new that no one's done before or that that are non-mainstream features so that you know it, it would be interesting to know 
if someone was doing those and somebody might try to beat me to it after they hear that I'm doing it, stuff like that. And the reality is like the market I'm in now with, with the podcast space, it's, it's a pretty chill market, uh, if, you know, of, of my various competitors, uh, at least the big ones. There's tons of small ones, though, that just like rip off anything they see in any other app and everything. It's, it's just like every app market has a lot of competition now, as we've said before. And there is definitely a chance that if you pre-announce something in a way that gets anybody to notice that you will have what happened to clear with that preview video is like you will have other people who very quickly whip together exactly what you just pre-announced and ship it before you do you know and you, you see the same thing with physical products on kickstarter it happens all the time where like you'll you'll see like some amazing cool clever new thing on kickstarter that you know that won't actually ship for six to nine months and then three months later you can go on amazon and buy basically that thing made by some no-name company for less money because <laughs> like that happens all the time uh and and so generally i i think it's wise not to pre-announce specifics and not to show a lot of screenshots and videos and stuff like that because of that problem of people copying and beating you to the beating you to the punch that being said to to a large degree that that might not matter like the the damage that is done if that happens to you sometimes it can be significant for certain products but usually not usually like you know, like there are there are a number of other apps in the store that it, it, for you know during my app development career there have been a number of times where somebody has released an app that looks and works extremely similar to mine it was you know it, it, basically these were clones of of instapaper or overcast or the magazine like this has happened for everything i've made uh not nursing clock but i, I haven't really looked but <laughs> everything else i've made this has happened for and certainly happened with peace oh my god because that was that was number one app for a day so that that got a million clones um the fact is most people never hear about people who clone you like because the the people who clone you they're not going to get any blog posts written about them by mac stories and everything else like like the 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 press the 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 you know the features of the app store like these are generally not going to go for the clones and and not going to talk about them so you don't really have to worry too much most of the time it is a problem in games a lot more often, and it is a problem with, with certain simple mechanic games. So th- th- one of the biggest examples of this is threes and then 2048. Uh, where where we where you know threes is this like you know beautifully crafted indie game. It comes out, it it's a huge hit, it's something like three bucks, and then within a week or two, it was a really quick time, this other game called 2048 comes out that is almost completely a clone of threes simpler not as good but basically the same game and it was free and it just took off and the game that spread around the world that everyone knew and played was 2048 not threes uh so that that does occasionally go really badly for you when this happens but usually that that isn't what happens usually there's clones and they just kind of get ignored and forgotten about and maybe a few people get scammed and buy them but for the most part it isn't a big problem um so that being said, though, I, I do think it's important to play things relatively close to the vest because you don't really gain a lot by spreading things around too early. The, the, the idea here is you're going to build hype, right? So the, the, the theory is I'm going to release this preview video or screenshot or whatever of my app and tease people. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease the interest up and it'll be this great teaser. And then people will like sign up for my mailing list, I guess. I don't know. Like, the question is like suppose you get people's attention with some kind of teaser or preview then what what do you what can they do and what will they do at that point for them to actually stay to, for for you to keep their attention 
for when the product actually launches. In many in many cases, the only thing you really can do is like follow us on social media or sign up for our mailing list. And as soon as you put up a wall like that, a whole bunch of people who see the preview are going to drop off. They're not going to complete that that call to action that you want them to complete. They're not going to add their name to the mailing list. They're not going to follow you on social media. They you know they would have maybe had more interest if they, if they could have gone to the app store right then and downloaded your app right then. If there was a link saying, not just that this is coming out in two weeks, but this is out now, go get it. But instead, you had all this attention that came to you and it basically fell on the floor because there was nothing for them to get yet. It wasn't ready yet. And that's a huge risk whenever you're doing any kind of like pre-announcement. So it's best to focus your pre your pre-launch efforts on press outreach where you can like actually send bloggers and writers and influential people and YouTubers you can you can like send them beta builds but like when the app is ready is almost ready to be launched a week or two earlier, you send out these beta builds, and we've talked about like you know reaching out to the press in tasteful ways before. Um, you send send out beta builds like that, and like get them interested beforehand. But then, when it's broadcast to the world that this app or thing exists, or, and is you know make it ready to go right then, so that way when the whole world has a chance to be interested in what you are selling, sell it to them. Be ready on that day to sell it to them. Like you know promote it with a link saying now that you want this thing go get it in the app store right now with this link and to me like doing anything doing any kind of massive publicity before you're ready to actually give people who are interested that link to go buy the thing i i think is is wasted effort or or you're you're wasting the attention that you get as a result of it yeah and i think too it's the there, it's an it's an interesting maybe distinction between the like secrecy in the sense that like if someone else were to find out what you were working on in in detail it would be a problem versus the kind of secrecy that's just not talking about things um, and being just in, like not having this kind of the sense of developing things in the open because I think like you say it's I I think of even for myself that. The number of, like, I have a very short attention span for, like, new and interesting things. And the number of times I'll see something and click on it is, you know, a small percentage of the number of times I see something. And, you know, even the smaller from that is, like, the number of things that I'll actually get from the App Store. And if you short-circuit that right up front and, and it's, like, are showing people things, uh, I mean, you obviously can get kind of, like, cute with this, where it isn't so much about, like trying to drive attention to something like you're just kind of like talking about this and i did this like last week i was like i love pushing the big you know add new app uh button in itunes connect like you can kind of let people know like whoever whatever following or audience you have that hey there i am you know there's something coming um and i think in some ways that like that that's more effective with almost with no specifics at all like it's just this vague sense of like huh there's something coming and so that you're just hoping that when you do then subsequently release something or you when you actually start publicizing it they're like oh this is that thing i was waiting for and you're increasing the chance that they'll actually do that first level of looking at it um but beyond that i'm not sure if you actually gain much but on the flip side that like we want to be as communicative and open with um you know press people um, any, any contacts or people we have on that side of things, because there's not really anybody like I've, I mean, I've heard from people who 
you know, you are reaching out to the press and it's like, hey, I have this app that I'd like to show you, you know, here's an NDA, for example, like that doesn't make it like that level of secrecy for you're trying, like you're trying to get somebody to pay attention to you and then you're putting a barrier up like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Qu- quick tip. If anybody ever ever wants you to sign an NDA to hear their idea, the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> like, just don't. It's not worth it. Yeah, because it, it's just not it, it just doesn't. Um, it's, it's just, and the weird thing, like, especially in that situation is that it, it's not respectful of that person's time. Um, like maybe it sort of can work. Like, I, I mean, obviously I imagine, you know, when Apple press get pre-release hardware from Apple that has an embargo on it, like fair enough. I imagine they are signing a non-disclosure agreement. That sure. Says yeah. They're not going to talk about it ahead of time. Our apps are not that level of product are not that level of, um sophistication where something like that is likely appropriate like i want any and like you know anybody and everybody to be aware and you know and if somebody broke an embargo and not that i really have embargoes with my apps typically reviewers only release like their reviews of your apps when they're ready to be released but like if somebody released something ahead of time it's like okay like that's not a great, that's not ideal, but mostly just because if anybody reads that article and clicks the button at the bottom um, to go and download it, it won't work. Um, like, but other than that, like it's not a big problem for me in that way. And so it is something that I think is good to separate between. There's like that's like over the, the the conscious secrecy of like um, like if if something if this were to get out, it would be bad. Versus I'm not going to do any put any effort into um, it's almost like the passive secrecy. Like I'm just going to not promote or talk about what i'm talking what i'm what i'm releasing and sort of see what happens there you know and and you're going to hear conflicting advice from this if if you ask around like you're going to hear everybody saying different things about this your experience may vary here and there's certain contexts in which you know going through like the nda hoops for somebody might be worth like if you're a consultant and you have a you know a big client obviously that's 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 a different story but yeah for the most part like you know jumping through hoops to hear people's secrets ahead of time is not worth it and jumping through and, and trying to hype up your own secrets ahead of time are also you know generally not worth it it's you know pretty much anybody can figure out at this point like if if somebody wants to learn all of my secrets all they have to do is like start basically some some common sense like thought like okay what am i working on right now do you have a guess probably overcast yeah surprise surprise i'm working on overcast and it's been a while since i've had an update to the 2.0 series so what do you think i'm working on uh next big update yeah i'm working on overcast 3.0 and you know what overcast 3.0 is going to have in it some new features some updates to old features of course because it's a new version of an app it's like and it's a podcast app it's not gonna like you know, all of a sudden launch rockets. Like it's like, there's a finite number of things that you can expect an app like this to do. So it's like, again, like most of our updates aren't that interesting. And the, the idea of like, of like hyping up anything ahead of time, is like, well, if people want to know the basics, they, they can already figure that out with just some basic critical thinking. Um, and anything else, they don't really need to know ahead of time until there's a link that they can just go to the store and buy. Like it, if I tell you something right now and doesn't three know that blows your mind and you really want it, it is way better for me to tell you that when you can actually get 3.0 than for me to tell you now and to hope that you still care in however many months it is from now when I release this thing. Yeah. No, it does make me think I, I, I hear from like, I mean, it makes me think about it. If I'm being too cavalier with my marketing, when I hear like when I'm hearing our, hearing our conversation going along and I'm thinking to myself, like I think of the people who do the, um, 
like the hype, sort of like the splash page with a mailing list thing. And they're trying to collect a bunch of people's email addresses so that they can send them an email on the day of launch ahead of time. Um, and that kind of like more formalized marketing plan, um, which is just something that we're, maybe like, if I'm honest, it's like, I just, I don't feel very good at or comfortable with like that level of actual, like big M marketing, um, is, is kind of intimidating to me. And so I don't do it. My guess is people do it because it has some impact. And from certainly from what I've heard, that kind of email outreach can be very effective, um, certainly more effective than something like social media outreach or blogging outreach, just because p- you know, email is a bit more directive and people are almost certainly going to see it, um, whether or not they act on it. But like, you know, people's inboxes where they, they check, they sort out their email is a more likely place for someone to hang out. Um, but that's a tricky thing for me to get into because it's like, I don't necessarily want to go down a road that I'm not going to be able to do a good job on like doing that kind of more, I don't even know, like full service marketing plan for an application. It's like, I imagine it would increase my downloads and potentially theoretically my revenue down the road. But it's also kind of like an awkward thing. If I don't feel like I'm going to be able to do well, it's sort of like Facebook. Like I imagine if I had a Facebook presence for my applications and they're like, there was, I was doing things there, there would be a benefit, honestly, even Twitter. Like I don't really have a professional, um, like side of uh, like a social media outreach for my apps. There's just sort of me, but I think about something like Facebook, especially where like I have no presence personally really, and no presence professionally. Like if I was just went and like created a Facebook page for pedometer plus plus or for my next app and started like trying to hype and draw people towards it, it's like, it would feel so awkward because I don't know what I'm doing. And maybe that's a bad thing. Like maybe I should be, be, be better at that. Or it's like, but I guess in in my mind, it's like, that's the kind of thing you can do if you're a bigger team or an organization where like you actually have, um, like a marketing team and division whose focus and job is to do a good job of that and to understand how that works and to understand like the, the benefits and to like who, if they spend a week working on this like hype campaign where they're going to sort of trickle things out and try and build buzz or whatever, like if it works great, if it doesn't, it, it's okay. Like that, that was their job to do. Whereas for me, like that would be a massive distraction from um, the actual work of development. We're sponsored this week by Linode. Go to linode.com slash radar to learn more. Linode is high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world. They're a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute with plans starting at just $10 a month. And that 10 bucks a month now gets you 2 gigs of RAM. I have not seen anything that's more price competitive than Linode for their resources. Um, you can get Linux distro, you can get your node location, all right from the manager tool. And once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server with just a few clicks. Linode has over 400,000 customers, all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. They're even open over the holidays. I actually know this because I've used them over the holidays before. Uh, if you have something you need help with, they are there for you. They're also really committed to improving their infrastructure all the time. So, for example... 
Just this year, they made a switch from Zen to KVM, and the latest Unix benchmark shows a 300% performance increase. And all you had to do to get that was just reboot your server with a new upgrade, and that was it. Uh, Linode really is the full package for your server infrastructure needs. They have the power you need, as well as the infrastructure and assistance that you want. So as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash radar, you will not only support us, but you also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash radar to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit or use promo code radar20 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show. So for the last part of the show, it seemed like a reasonable thing too for me to make this a bit more ta- uh, like specific and talk about the approach I'm taking for the app I'm launching hopefully on, I think my current release goal is like December 21st. You're launching a new app? I'm launching a new app. It's a health and fitness app. Big show. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps it's not unlike all the other apps that i've launched in the last two years will its name end in plus plus it will oh my god this is amazing this is top secret info right here breaking underscore rumors right now this yeah. is that's amazing see it's like oh it's like people think secrets are like this like salacious thing but like they're not that surprising most of the time yeah if it's an actual secret that would be surprising then you know it's like it's a, it's like you'll know it, it it'll be a big deal <laughs> exactly no, but so I'm working on this, you know, this is this, this new plus plus health and fitness app. And in general, I haven't talked about it. Most of why I haven't talked about it is because honestly, like I always have in the back of my mind, like maybe this won't actually ship. Maybe this won't, this idea that I have at the beginning that as I'm going along and developing it won't actually turn into something that's shippable. Mm-hmm. And that's happened before. Yet another reason not to pre-announce things is that when you pre-announce things, you're kind of promising them, you're committing to them. And you will have people who are very upset if you don't release what you pre-announced and at the time you announced it would, that it would come out. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, and even moreover, like I think the bigger thing that I've, from my own experience I found is if you pre-announce something too early, like often what has happened where I work on a project, I think it's going to be an app. It turns out it doesn't quite get to the level of where I feel like it's worth releasing. And, but like a year later or six months later, it, the kernel of that idea with something new, like some some new API, some new platform, something happens that makes it finally a good idea. Like I actually, I, for Activity++, which is all about the three activity metrics uh, on the Apple Watch, I actually wrote an app earlier that was before Apple uh, opened up all of the health metrics that did just, I think it was doing basically the same thing, but only for the ones that were available, which I think was stand and active calories at the time, but I didn't have exercise minutes. At the end, I like, I kind of took that out. So I built the app out and I was like, yeah, this isn't, it just, without having all three, it doesn't really work. So I shelved it. And then eventually Apple opened it up and then I could, you know, pick, pick that project up and keep working on it. But because I hadn't talked about it at all, it's like, I hadn't like ruined the idea or kind of, uh, burnt the anticipation or the interest in that until it was ready. And so I don't talk about things typically until I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to get there. And for me, that tipping point um, is essentially around the point where I would say you're kind of ready to, to, to send out a beta. Like at this point, I'm pretty committed um, to releasing this app. Um, you know, whether or not it'll actually happen in two weeks on December 21st, like we'll have to see. But I've at this point, I do know that like I have something that I think is worth sending out into the world, and I'm starting the beta process. And I tend to take an approach for these where I, you know, during development, I will share the idea and the process and the app with, you know, a few people. It's sort of the, the, the close friends and family kind of approach. It's people who 
um, either who I talk to on a, you know, sort of a more professional level in terms of like, Hey, here's this screen. What do you think? Does this make sense? Like, and it, you know, it's a UI designer or another iOS developer. Like I have friends like this who I can talk to, um, about the low level stuff, or I'll show it to friends and family at a more like, uh, just casual level of being like, Hey, if you, if I showed you this UI, what do you think you would do with it? Um, to kind of do that kind of very informal user interface testing. Um, but what, as I get the point to now where it's like, I have something that I think is basically, it's not quite shippable, but it's like functionally complete. It's not polished. Uh, at this point it's like, okay, I'll start expanding that out and, um, telling more and more people about the app. And this process, you know, essentially goes, or at least the way I do it is I will send out my first rounds of betas to a, a relatively narrow group is, and it's usually the people who it's not the full like press group of everybody who I would ever want to know about it. It's a few, a few chosen people typically, um, you know, there's a few people in the press who I have like, you know, strong personal relationships with who I'll make sure I reach out to. Um, but it's also like in that first level, it's like, I don't want to send something out and then like a few days later, get some feedback back that really changes how, how this is going to be or find some huge, you know, bug. Um, I don't want to do that in my first round. It's like my first round. I just want to kind of keep small, send it out, get some information back. And then probably about a week later after that one, which for me will probably be this Friday or so, or, or next Monday, I'll be sending out like a bigger one. And I'll send it out, this one out to a big wide group of, um, press of influential people, whatever that might be. This is the kind of everybody who I might want to do. And hopefully by doing that two phase thing of not sending in the first one out to everybody where you know, it's the first time that the app is kind of getting outside of my control and inevitably you're going to find bugs and problems. And it's like, since I've sent out my first beta, I've had, probably about, you know, 20 good either like feature changes or bug bug reports, crashers, whatever it is. Like I've gotten a bunch of feedback and so I can show a much more polished uh, product to the broader audience next week. And then at that point I'll start like getting ready for the broader release. And I typically like, I, I won't really say what it is and get into specifics kind of like we were talking about earlier. Like I won't really get into all the specifics publicly um, until launch day. And then you know, sometime, hopefully somewhere around, on or around the, the 21st, I'll, you know, have a blog post, I'll tweet about it, we'll probably talk about it on the show would be my guess. Um, like anything I can do at that point, and then it's just like the megaphone, but it's this very kind of like, it starts close, and it gets slightly bigger. Once I'm confident, it's like, in, as I get increasingly confident, I'll increasingly open it up. And in a weird way, it's also probably fair to say that some of the best feedback I get is often from people in the press, because they are professionally trained at least by or at least by experience at tearing apps apart like that's what they do like they find all the problems um they look at it and be like in the review they're going to say like this is what i like this is what i don't like and you'll get the feedback from them in that early round um hopefully where they'll be like this is not so good um to let you make it better well, and they also have a lot of experience with a lot more apps than you probably do. Well, not maybe not you because you've made all the apps, but you know, <laughs> but like you know, mo- like anybody who I would send any press person out that I would send an Overcast beta to, they have seen almost certainly they have seen way more apps than I have. They have used way more apps than I have. They have tried out way more apps than I have. They have probably even tried out more of my competitors than I have and spent more time with them. So like they're gonna they're gonna t- they're they'll be able to tell you ahead of time if they're willing. How, how basically how your app stacks up 
and they will tell you the shortcomings and the you know the competitive disadvantages and the competitive advantages like you'll be able to get an idea from people who review who basically review ask for a living like you'll, you'll get an idea pretty pretty quickly from them so it's incredibly helpful to involve people but I would say also though that like you know the bigger a beta is the the less you have secrecy like when so with Overcast I did the initial beta with like only trusted friends and 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 trusted press people with later versions that are just that are mostly just like bug fix updates I've done basically a public beta where I'd let anybody sign up for the beta and just just open it up to like a thousand people and. So you basically have no secrecy for the latter. Like that's basically a public release at that point. So like what like three is not going to have that that kind of beta. It's going to have more the first one. Where it's just going to be private friends because I I do want to maintain secret secrecy for what I'm changing and adding in three But you know it's it really up to you know your goals and and what you're looking to get out of, out of a beta and and how how important the secrecy ends up being to you. Yeah, and I suppose there is just at the end of it, it's just I I try to hold like as i look back on my career i think in the earlier days i thought of my apps as more precious then than i do now that you kind of it's it's good to have a bit of perspective about how important some of these details are and like that you know that, that you, it's so easy to get in your own head and like wow this app is going to change everything it's going to be amazing it's going to be revolutionary and you kind of overhype it in your in your brain, and you get too worried about some of these details of like who to tell, who not to tell, whether you should do it. It's like at the end of the day, probably just relax, like do what makes sense and feels comfortable for you. Be authentic about that, and it'll probably work out. Exactly. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.